From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents Danny Flecker in his weekly spot. Good morning, Danny. Morning. Um, we're going to go through a couple things here really quickly, and then we'll preview NFL Super Wildcard Weekend, which by rule I have to mention like 80 times that it's Super Wildcard Weekend. Um Okay, number one, what would you have done in overtime, Chargers, Raiders? I, I was surprised that game even went to overtime. I went to bed after Herbert threw the interception. It was 29-14. I thought the Raiders pretty much had it in the bag there. Um, reading it, reading about it, hearing about it, it sounded like, you know, the Chargers called the timeout when the Raiders were, like, in the third and, and medium. Uh and from all accounts, the Raiders were just able to run the ball and, and run out the clock, it seems like, and yeah. the Chargers were unable to stop them. <laughs> it's easy to second-guess yourself and, and say, oh, I would have done this, I would have done that. I, I think given the time left on the clock, the situation, everything else, I think if I was Brandon Staley in, in that situation, I, I don't call a timeout. You know, with, with the clock the way it was, the field position, um, the outcome that's needed for the Chargers to win the game or for the for the Raiders to win the game, um, you know, it's 50-50, right? If, if the Raiders punt the ball, uh, you get the ball pinned deep in your own end zone, no timeouts if you call that timeout. And the Raiders, on the other hand, have the advantage because they can always take a field goal and win the game. I think I would have not called the timeout, let the clock run, make the Raiders make a decision, and knowing that I get in with a tie, uh, I'm in. But, you know, that's me obviously now reading it, not watching it live, not understanding the little nuance in the game. But I think the best outcome would have been for the Chargers probably not to have called that timeout. I couldn't believe Brandon Staley called it. He claims they had the wrong personnel on the field. And that's why he called it. I won't believe that one for a while. He said that, he put, but he didn't put in the right personnel to stop the run. So, either way, it was a stupid decision, right, at the end of the day. So, yeah. um, I, I think he lost that game for them early um, when, you know, they were up 14-10. They seemed to have the momentum. They let the Raiders go down and score. Then at halftime, they got stuffed at their own 18-yard line on a fourth down and one. I, I, said, it before, I said it before about him. Uh, I think he's a little too aggressive. I understand that that's just the way he wants to play, but at the end of the day, there, there are some games where you just got to read the pulse and, and and read the game script and the flow of what's going on and and, and hold your, your, your bullets in the chamber, so to speak, and he doesn't do that. And I think that's part of his learning curve. I think he could be a good head coach, but... Um, you know, those, those decisions come back to haunt you. And if you go back throughout the season, you probably could look at the decisions that he made on fourth down that could have cost the team or changed win expectancy or whatever other, you know, data point you want to use. But you've got to learn a little bit more to be within the game itself rather than be like, okay, this is what we're going to do regardless of the situation. Danny Flucker with us here on Teeing It Up. Gettleman and Joe Judge fired. Your thoughts on that? Hallelujah, man. I mean, what a pathetic, pathetic showing from this team the last six games. I said it a couple weeks ago. You know, you look at teams like Houston, Jacksonville even, um, 
and the Jets, you know, these teams showed signs of life. They showed, you know, a pulse, an ability to even try things, even if they didn't have the personnel to do it, and the Giants just refused. And at the end of the day, you can, you know, Merrick can go up there and say whatever he wants, but you can't have a coach, coach like that in the NFL and expect to be there the next season. Um, you know, the rant that he gave about the team after the Chicago game was embarrassing. The third and nine, four, the second down and third down quarterback sneaks were also very embarrassing. Uh, there's no innovativeness or, or willingness to be aggressive from this team uh, in any sense of the word on offense. Uh, so, you know, you can blame injuries, you can, you can blame whatever you want, but at the end of the day, the coach is making the decision that he didn't want to be aggressive or go after it, um, thinking that that would cost his job. Well, you know, not being aggressive and, and being the way he was cost his job at the end of the day. Gettleman saddled him with a terrible roster. <laughs> didn't, didn't do anything over four years that, that showed any promise. He could have argued after year two he should have been gone. But, you know, at the end of the day, with that team, with the situation they find themselves in, uh, with the future that they potentially have with their draft picks, you know, quarterback, Saquon Barkley, et cetera, it's time for new, uh, a new phase. It's time for new vision. It's time to get out of the giant bubble. And don't get me wrong, I don't think one hire or two hires is going to fix this team. They still have, I think, about two to three years before they're even competitive. But, you know, this next coach, this next GM has to go in there with a the vision, has to show signs of progress, has to be able to move the needle because they can't keep cycling through these head coaches every two years. Congrats um, to you on one of your bets, Georgia winning the national title. Um, probably was nice to cash that one the other day. Um, your thoughts on Georgia defeating Alabama? Yeah, it was a tough game. Um, I thought Alabama was going to be able to pull out the game uh, despite the injury to Jamison Williams. You know, uh, Alabama was fighting the entire game. Their defense was holding Georgia. Uh, they got that fortunate turnover that allowed them to take the lead. But after that, you saw Georgia sort of change a bit. You know, they became more aggressive offensively, took some shots downfield, got some favorable penalty calls. An incredible touchdown catch in the back of the end zone on a deep ball, and then you know from there you thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be really hard for Bama to come back and win the game. I just thought that they were limited offensively with the experience they had out there. Um, you know the defense, Georgia's defense, eventually you know clamped down, showed why they were the best defense in the country, probably the best defense in the past 20 years uh, to come through college football. And you got to give your you got to give credit to Stetson Bennett. He made some big throws and some big plays for them uh, when it mattered. And then at the end of the day, when they needed to, to grind out the clock, they leaned on their offensive line and were able to pick up first down. So uh, impressive performance in the fourth quarter by by Georgia when it looked like that that they maybe were stung again. Uh, they were able to respond something that they haven't done. And if you remember, you know Georgia was in these situations where they were the ones with the lead all the time and squandering it, and, and this game actually flipped a little bit. Alabama was in control for most of the first three quarters, or at least in the lead, and then, you know, Alabama takes it with, what, like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter? Uh, so, uh, in a fun game, I would have loved to have seen Jameson Williams 
not get hurt and see how that game would have turned out. But, you know, that's football. And Georgia, at the end of the day, responded when they needed to. All right. So that brings us to NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, which by rule, I must say, every time I preview this appearance with Danny Flucka and any other time that I talk about it all weekend. We start on NBC at 4.30 Eastern Time Saturday with the Raiders and the Bengals. And to me, this game comes down to Joe Burrow and and how comfortable does Joe Burrow and a fairly young core perform in the biggest spot in their career. That stadium's going to be rocking. you got to be able to control your emotions. Yeah. It does come down to Burrow and that offensive line. Can they protect him? We know the Raiders have a, have a pretty stout offense, uh, defensive line. They like to get after the quarterback. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Quentin Jefferson, Max Crosby, they're going to be coming after Burrow. Uh, will, will the Bengals remain patient? Will they run the ball? Uh, will they be able to take advantage of some plays on the outside they'll get? So I, I think a lot of it comes down to, to how Burrow handles that, how Zach Taylor calls the game. You know, I went back and looked at it. The Raiders played the Bengals back before Thanksgiving, got their butts beat 32-13. to Every game since then for them has been four points or less, a uh, win or a loss. Uh, they've won five or six of those games. So their MO is to keep things close and grind it out and figure it out, figure it out along the way. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders respond after an emotional game to get into the playoffs. You know, are they flat? Do they come out uh, strong? You know, what, what's their their attack going to be? Because it's going it's going to be an interesting game for them. Uh, if Darren Waller is 100%, they utilize Darren Waller effectively. I do anticipate them being able to, to stay in this game. Uh, but I do think Cincinnati has a little bit too much firepower and does take advantage of that. But Two first-time head coaches. Um, I don't think Derek Carr's ever played in a playoff game. I think the last time the Raiders made it, he was hurt. Uh, So it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's it's either a close game or a blowout. I don't really see an in-between game, to be honest. I don't know if the Raiders get down by, you know, 10, 14 points, if they're able to come back from that. But, you know, they've, they've shown an ability to grind games out and keep things close over the last, you know, seven, eight weeks going to be very interesting to see how um, how each team responds in the first quarter. The first quarter here could be really intriguing um, to see how these teams come out of the gate. Um, one team that we know that will come out of the gate prepared is the Patriots. How they perform is another story. On the road against Buffalo at night in what could be really cold weather on CBS, um, and look, uh, the Bills should win this game, plain and simple. This should be a game that Josh Allen and company take care of business at home. They look good against the Jets last week. That doesn't say much, um, but in really windy weather, they were able to grind out a win, and this time in really cold weather, They uh, should be able to grind out a win. Bart Scott says to take Viagra. Um, I don't know if that's what people recommend you do in cold weather. Uh, So I don't recommend it. And don't sue me if you do. Um, Please see a doctor if it lasts more than four hours. 
uh, which this game could because of postseason overtime rules. Look, uh, Danny, I have no idea how these playoffs on the AFC side are going to play out, but either this is a big Bills win or this is one of those 13-10 playoff games where it's a flip of the coin, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we see something more along the lines of the first game. I mean, the second game. Um, the, the weather, it's not going to be, it's not going to have a chance to be really cold. It is going to be really cold. Um, and I don't know if the cold really affects too much of what the Bills want to do offensively. Um, Josh Allen in that first game, if you remember, they took a little while to get him going. And he has the ability, I think, to negate any sort of weather that, that's going to be happening. Uh, the other side of the ball is, you know, can the Pats rely on Matt Jones? And that's really what it comes down to for me. You know, can he make the big throws when he needs to make them? Can they get him going? Do they trust him enough to take some shots down the field? And, you know, will their defense be able to hold up? Um, you know, the, the sentiment up here around them is not it's not positive. There's not a lot of faith in them going into this game. But I do think that the Pats match up better with the Bills than people think. They like to run the ball. The Bills have been better against the run, but still have vulnerabilities against it. Uh, schematically, I do think the Pats will come out defensively and, and try to figure out a way to keep Josh Allen in the pocket. Um, you know, that last game they played was a, a, a Bills win, which I thought it was going to be. I, I thought that they would adjust. But you have to keep in mind and look more into what that game was. And that was a lot of third down and fourth down conversions made by the Bills. That type of, that type of performance is not sustainable. It's not going to translate over the entire season or, uh, you know, provide certain results that you think you're going to get. You know, one game is never like the next. So, if the Pats can get better on third down defense, force a little bit more more punting, shorten the game in a sense, and you know get field position, they have a great shot in this game. I do think it's going to be a close game. You know, for me, one of the things that I saw immediately once these playoff matchups came out was the theme for me is pressure this weekend. You know, there are certain teams that have more pressure on them than others. And the Bills are one of those teams. Uh, you're at home. You're playing a team that you, you absolutely hate, that has been in your mind, has owned real estate in there for years and years and years. You're able to beat them in Foxborough to get the division, but, hey, your, your reward is playing them again. And they're, they're probably a team that they did not want to face this early on. And I don't know if it, it definitely isn't because of skill, because the Bills have a better roster, better quarterback, but there's just a... Uh, you know, a sense that they're they're in your head, and it's like mentally you're like, oh, we have to clear we have to clear this hurdle again. So the, the Bills face a tough road too, because if they win this game, depending on you know the result of the Cincinnati game, they're on to Cincinnati. So I mean, not Cincinnati, on to uh, Kansas City. So the pressure's on Buffalo. If New England comes out and just plays mistake-free football, plays tough defense put the pressure on Buffalo to, to execute, it's going to be a, a long game for Buffalo, and I think it's going to be a tight game. To me, despite everything that New England has, has had here as far as you know, trouble the last couple of weeks, 
um, you know, I, I think they keep this game really, really close, and I think it comes out to as the ball lasts, and, and we see who wins it from there. Uh, Danny Flecker with us here on Teeing It Up. Okay, we now shift to Sunday, and the theme for me um, with these Sunday games is we start getting into the National Football Conference and some games that should be more one-sided than others. Eagles, Bucks. Uh, this to me is an easy Tampa win. I just think they have too many weapons, even with the injuries. Um, and this should be an easy win over the Eagles. Yeah, I think it's going to be a win. I don't know about how easy. I think for the first half, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. Tampa seems to start slow. Um, my concern with Philly and, and pulling off an upset is that they don't really have a pass offense that I can rely on uh, and back. You know, if they get behind, how are they going to be able to come back? We know they want to run the ball. They've been successful in running the ball. And Tampa looks to be reloading a little bit with people coming back off the IR. And it might be a little more balanced heading into this game. Uh, and obviously you have Tom Brady at home in a playoff game where, you know, he's usually pretty much automatic. So I think if Philadelphia keeps things close, they have a shot just because they'll be able to continue to run the ball. But the second they get behind and have to open up the playbook a bit, I think they're in trouble. And I think that's where we'll see the game maybe get a little bit on its head. Um, you know, the weather in Tampa is not supposed to be great either. It's supposed to be you know high winds, 20 to 30 miles an hour, rainy as well. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting battle there. I don't think, again, I don't think Philadelphia has has the the passing game to really threaten the Buccaneers and keep this game close. You know, you could say that they can maybe pull out a, a same script uh, as Buffalo did, you know, really get hurt out of the pocket, really get him to, to run the ball. But I don't know if they want to get him hit that many times. And substituting that would be, you know, quick, quick passes to the outside. And I just don't think Philadelphia has the skill set uh, out there to take advantage of what the of what Tampa has is a deficiency, which is their passing uh, defense. Um, okay, then we move on to 49ers-Cowboys. That's the game that will be seen on CBS and Nickelodeon. Uh, you will not be watching the Nickelodeon telecast. Um, I know that. So as we look um, towards this game, the the thing for me is I think if, if Dallas can get – Past the fact that they're Dallas and that they have to perform on a big stage, this should be an easy win. I don't think the 49ers uh, have a lot of of uh, of confi- confidence isn't the right word. I think the playoff experience that Dallas comes in with overrides anything that San Francisco may have in terms of, of raw talent. Um, if Dallas gets nervous, I think it's a different story. Uh, I know we're running out of time here, so let's just run through these as quickly as we can. Uh, your thoughts on San Francisco-Dallas? I think the opposite. I think San Francisco is the best team to pull off an upset this weekend. Huh. Dallas has struggled with teams that are physical uh, and take it to them. They've lost most of those games. They are a front-running team. I think San Francisco has the physicality both on both sides of the ball. They're going to stick to their game plan. They, they adjust very, very well. I think Shanahan will figure out ways to scheme out, you know, Micah Parsons and make him not wreck the game for them. 
Um, and, and at the end of the day, I just like what they have with, with Debo Samuel and with uh, Greg Kittle. Uh, they're just, I think they're really a physical football team, and they're going to punch them in the mouth, and I think San Francisco pulls off the upset, actually. I think Dak will be a little flustered. He hasn't been great under pressure this year. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is not what he used to be, at least you know this year. He hasn't looked like it. Um, and you know we already saw that there's already some distractions with Dallas and Amari Cooper that came out this week with his whole COVID situation. So uh, I do like San Francisco in this game uh, to pull off the upset. Interesting. Okay. So now we move on to the to the Sunday night game, which is um, excuse me, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. And look, uh, Kansas City, I don't think people expected to be the two-seed. I don't think people expected to be in this spot. But here we are. Pittsburgh definitely didn't expect to be in this spot. Pittsburgh, you know, Big Ben has said himself, I don't think we're very good. Um, That kind of seems like he's laying down his sword. But maybe it's a strategic move to keep the pressure off of them. So who knows? Um... I, this would seem to be an easy Kansas City win. Uh, do you think any chance otherwise? Nope, I'm with you. Easy Kansas City win. Pittsburgh struggles to, to score points. They don't score touchdowns early. Kansas City does. It's going to be hard for them to come back. Kansas City wins, I think, by at least you know two touchdowns. And that brings us to the first ever Monday Night Wild Card game. Uh, real uh, uh, ten seconds. Are you in favor of a Monday Night Wild Card game? I mean, yeah. I mean, whatever. I'll watch the game if whenever it's on. So. <laughs> okay. The, there you go. Arizona Rams. I have no idea in the world who wins this game. Yeah, uh, neither do I. Both teams have been so all over the place. I don't trust either coach. I don't trust either quarterback. So it's a toss-up for me. Uh, from a betting perspective, I'm taking the points just because I know L.A. has been bad with leads this year, and it's a divisional game. Third time these teams are seeing each other. Um, and we know Arizona got their butts kicked the last time we saw them. Uh, I do think Arizona plays a bit tougher to, on Monday, but I don't know who's going to win. Uh, I think I think the Rams should win, but who knows with them? Bonus question: Entering the playoffs, the teams, uh, the the best teams primed to make the Super Bowl, not who will, but who you think is in the best position to make the Super Bowl right now are. I think it's Green Bay out of the NFC. I, I think any team going to Green Bay is going to have a tough time, um, you know, taking them down. And the AFC, I think the winner of the Kansas City-Buffalo game is going to make it. Huh. Interesting. Kansas City-Buffalo, the winner makes it. Interesting. Hmm. That is an interesting... I, I think that... I think that... The Titans are that surprising one seed that is going to surprise some people, depending on on how recovered Derrick Henry is. And I think there's some question marks there among how they can have a playoff identity with a running back who may not be 100%. You may be right that it could be Kansas City, Buffalo, one of those two teams that winds up getting the trip uh, to to SoFi Stadium and and Englewood, California. Danny, enjoy the games. Good speaking with you, as always, here on Teeing It Up. 
All right, my man. I'll talk to you later. You got it, and enjoy your football weekend, everybody.